Hi, everybody. I'm Aisha. And I'm Hera. And we are the Mocha SMCs. So for this episode, we are going to discuss two common ways that SMCs conceive. One is through IUI and the other way is through IVF. Uh, but before we get into defining those two terms, I do want to have an upfront disclaimer that the information and the opinions we what we're going to share are our opinions unless otherwise specified. So we, we are going to root this episode in some, some data from CDC and some common resources, but I just want to state that up front. Yes, we are not doctors. You should still seek professional medical help if you're pursuing either of these paths. Yes. Okay. So the um, definition of IUI, which stands for interuterine insemination, is a fertility treatment that involves placing sperm inside the woman's uterus to facilitate fertilization. Okay, that's a clinical clinical term. Okay, all right. Does and then also, I does that also <laughs> include like the turkey baster method, or is it just like doctors? No, I think this one is doctors. Okay. ICI inner oh, cervical right. okay, insemination is the one where we're just going to take a turkey baster because it's really hard to get into the uterus. Well, um, and it's also like different types of sperm, right? Like, doesn't there have to be like washed versus unwashed? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we, we yeah, we, we can dive right in. See, we're going to geek out like, <laughs> okay. And so, and then there's IVF, which is in vitro fertilization. And um, so that is the definition is that's the process of fertilization by extracting eggs, retrieving sperm, a sperm sample, and then manually combining the egg and sperm in a laboratory dish, and then the embryos created and then transferred back into the uterus. All right, so I will tell you, when I started this process, I was a novice, like I knew oh, yeah. nothing. And so I showed up at a fertility clinic and I, I really did everything that they told me to do. Um, but when I showed up, I was like, yeah, I wanna conceive on my own. You know, I wanna, you know, I want, you know, IVF. And then they explained to me, cause they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen you, but we've seen your type before. <laughs> like, you know, anxious, you know, like I'm coming in with the terms type A, I want this. And, and so then the doctor was like, let me take you through. So they go through the whole explanation of the process. And so it was in that chair that I realized that there was another cheaper option, which is IUI. And I'm like, oh, IVF. isn't IVF kind of like bringing a machete to like a small knife fight? Right. Yeah. Because, like you don't necessarily <laughs> need to go all machete right, on your first right. out. Like you could go the more, the less invasive option. Now, if you have the money for the like full on, like uh -huh. you know, I, there's definitely reasons for doing that, but yeah, I'm going to say IUI needs a better marketing person. Um, IVF, you know, they've <laughs> yeah. got, they've got A-listers. Um, well, so when <laughs> partially because typically when people go to fertility banks, they're having problems having babies, right? right. Like, mm -hmm. because you know, that's, that's the traditional use for a fertility doctor. Mm -hmm. Right. But many of us who are just pursuing SMCs, like our issue with fertility is that there's no like readily available. There's sperm. no injector for exactly. the sperm. Like, no, well, we have this warm like, injector for the sperm. Exactly. So. <laughs> like a, a relationship is like so much easier. So like the thing that's standing in our way of fertility is really just like a partner, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think most of the time, I, I imagine if you're infertile, IVF would probably be 
you know, the necessary or the, the like common uh, pathway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you could imagine my joy when the doctor was like, well, you know, for your age, I would recommend we try, you know, three attempts at an IUI and kind of see what happens, right? Because um, trying to conceive um, as an SNC, or let me take it out outside of the context of SNC, um, with the fertility clinic, it is kind of part art, part science, right? And so they really don't know how your body is going to respond. We don't know how our body is going to respond until we are actually actively trying. And so they're going to be like, let's just see where we are. And so you go through your first IUI. And see, I was surprised at how hard it is to get pregnant. Like you, you like hear all these stories about these like teenage pregnancies or like all these oops babies. But when you actually sit down and like look at the percentages of actually being able to conceive, like I remember when my doctor broke down and they were like, yeah, there's like a 20% chance. And I'm like, wait, are you kidding? Why are there so many people? <laughs> like even yeah. when you plan it like exactly right, it still probably isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got stats on those. We got stats. But um, you want to go into the stats first yeah, and then go into our stories? All right. So, yeah. All right. So the data. Okay. So an IUI. Um, so typically, I'll go from cost, success rate, and what have you. So according to, this is a combination of sites, CDC, ASRM, which is Assisted um, Reproductive Medical Society, um, SART, and then um, from a particular um, fertility clinic, here are some of the um, general stats. So for an IUI, an IUI is typically the cheaper option. It will cost around $2,000 per insemination. That's no, per. Uh-huh. And the success rate by age is that if you're under 35, you have a 20% chance per cycle to get pregnant. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, not a 20, 20% chance, a 20% success rate. And so I want to say success rate because the definition of success that we're using is pregnancy and live birth, okay? Um, the If you're between 35 and 40, there's a 10% success rate. And then if you're over 40, it's a 5% success rate using an IUI which is like huge. I mean, I know a lot of women come to this and their first thing is like, oh, well, I'll do IUI because it's cheaper option. But then if you think about like, what was it like 4,000 or something? If you think about like a 5% chance, right? I mean, think about how many times you would have to try statistically, unless you're just like prone to winning the lottery, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For it to work. So IVF could be the cheaper option right. if you talk about the amount of times you're actually going to have to try. Right, right. And that that gets interesting, right? When you start playing those numbers, especially um, if finances are an issue. So we're gonna we're gonna we'll, we'll dive into that. Okay. And so for IVF, the stats are a little bit um, better. Um, so if so a typical IVF cycle will cost anywhere between um, what did they have here? Between eleven and twelve probably 11 and 15,000 per cycle. Um, and so, and the packages can vary based on if they're including medication um, or not. So let me delve into the stats here. So the chances of a live birth, if you are under 35 is 
if you're between, um, let's see, the stats that they have here are 35 and 37, it's a 38% chance of a live birth. If you're between 38 and 40, it's a 23% chance of a live birth. And if you're over 40, it's a 7.6% chance, chance of a live birth. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna geek out for a second. Mm -hmm. So according to the numbers, you would, you would try, if you try almost four times, like about four times with IUI, you've basically already paid for IVF. Mm -hmm. yep. So if your chances are, if you're in the 5% range, right? I mean, reasonably, you could get super lucky and be, you know, part of the 5%. Chances are, it's probably going to make you, it's probably going to take you more than four times. Mm -hmm. So it might be worth saving up and giving yourself that extra what, 15%? And added complexity, right, is if you go into this knowing that you want more than one kid. Mm, yeah, that's, right? I didn't think about. Like, I wish I had thought about because, well, first of all, I should caveat by saying after I had my first daughter, again, in the first episode, I talked about how I hated being pregnant. I was so sure I was never doing it again. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Never going to be pregnant. But I didn't think about the fact that like, you know, that hormone exists and that maybe I would want to in a, in a few years. Um, so I had IUI. And then when I was older and had my second five years later, I basically, you know, looked at the stats like we just talked about. And I, you know, crunched the numbers in my head being being a, being a tacky I am and was like, this is not financially responsible for me to keep doing IUIs. And I, and I was mad at myself. Cause I was like, you know, if I had done this five years ago, I'd have like several embryos. Yeah. So, so for me, I was definitely in the mindset that I'm one and done, you know, I'm going to be this sporty spice mom with, you know, my, my um, sidekick and I was going to be done. Um, so I went for what I, you know, was the cheaper option. I was, I was fairly young and I was like, let's try this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and yeah, but after my daughter was here, I was just like, I, I love her. <laughs> I want more of her. And so I knew that when she turned one, I would try again for the second. And at that time, I don't, I, at that point, I still don't think that I was kicking myself um, for not doing IVF um, on the, once I got into the three year long um, process for trying for a second, I'm like, mm, maybe should have considered IVF. But my story has a bit of a twist, whereas I'll get to that. My story has a twist. Oh, so I have a question for you though. Like when you tried for the second one, did you immediately go to IVF or because of your age or did you think like, oh, well, I'll try IUI again? Like, and if you oh. did, how many times did you try IUI before you were like, wait a second, this is not good for us? Very good question. So, okay. So age-wise, I was 38 when I had my, my first, I was 39 when I started trying, I was 39 and a half when I started trying for my second. And we, we didn't anticipate there was going to be a problem. The number of eggs I had was, you know, great for my age. I think it was like 2.01. So anytime a fertility doctor saw that, they were like, oh, that's great. This will be easy. Um, so I, I, I had two vials of my daughter's donor, um, 
pre-purchase and storage. So I went ahead with those two. I did two IUI before I switched to IVF um, because something was not, I didn't get pregnant at all. And so my doctor and I were certain that it was just a matter of time trying to find the right egg. Um, and so that's where I left that at, but let's, 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 um, you did IUI, right? Yeah. So I did IUI with my first daughter and I, my, my sister called me fertile mortal because like it worked the first time. <laughs> uh-huh. And so of course I had like this huge skewed, I was like, you know, it's more than 20%. Come on. Cause like, uh-huh. I've never won the lottery. I'm not a lucky person. Right. So like, uh-huh. I was so sure I'm like, you know, those numbers, like, you know, you also have to account for the fact that those numbers are also based on people coming to the clinic who have fertility issues, right? Mm-hmm. Because most of the people coming to the clinic do, we're probably in large minorities, right? And my doctor said this too. He was like, look, these numbers are also based on a population of people with fertility issues, right? So, you know, I was spoiled in thinking like, oh, this is totally going to work. I was also 32, which is a huge difference. And even though it's only five years, like five years for a woman in like biological clock can actually be a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the second time around, I tried IUI again for the first time. Cause I was like, well, you know, I'm fertile myrtle. It'll happen again. Right. <laughs> and it didn't. And I am not actually known for my patients. And so at that point I was really just starting, like, that's when I really started crunching the numbers and started looking Mm -hmm. at data. And luckily I had a doctor who was also a data geek. And so we sat down and we looked at the data and he also mentioned, he's like, Hey, listen, we don't parse it out by race, which I was like, Oh, of course you don't. Right. Um, And I was fortunate enough at the time to be working for Amazon and they have incredible fertility benefits and they pay for, I think it's like 15,000 or at least at the time it was 15,000, but it was only once, right? Like it wasn't like, you know, you could keep using Uh uh 15,000. So I was like, all right, I've got $15,000 and I've tried IUI once. So like subtract that by 4,000, right? Cause we've already tried once. They don't, they don't pay for the sperm. So I had to, you know, shell out of my own. And so I was like, if I keep going with IUI again, I only really have like three more shots if that. And so I was like, let me just give myself the best chance. Um, I will say, you know, the first time I didn't have a medicated cycle, I just did the trigger shot. So like the medication is no joke. Like I felt like I had a pharmacy in my freezer, right? Mm, or in yeah. It was like kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, and I looked like I had been punched in the stomach mm-hmm. and like jumped into a gang by the end <laughs> of that first couple of weeks because my stomach was black and blue. Cause like I'm giving myself shots and like, I don't like shots. I don't like needles. Um, you know, obviously I sucked it up. And that's another thing. Like I was kind of like the whole time I was thinking, you know, if I was in a relationship and just infertile, like I'd have a spouse that would be doing this for me. So I didn't have to like deal with the needle, but no, like I'm doing it on my own. And, uh, yeah, I was not a huge fan of IVF. However, I will say in hindsight, I now have seven embryos left. And if I had done it the first time overall, it would have been cheaper because I ended up having to spend the money anyway. And if I had just spent it on the first round, the second time, I could have just paid for the transfer, which did you get the stats on that or like how much it is to just transfer? I did not, but I do have um, two more um, data points to discuss before we we jump into those details. Okay, go ahead. So just to compare, 
IUI and IVF. Now I will say, here are two, two things that I found out about the data. One, it's hard to find data just on IUI. And so I had to go to a specific fertility clinic. So when I talked about the resources that I used, I had to use a particular clinic to capture IUI um, stats. And there's probably variation between clinics as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the race component. Mm. So it was really hard to find stats broken down by race. Now, I will say what I started to find in more recent articles and more recent research is that that is starting to change. Um, there are um, sites out there, there are organizations out there who are specifically trying to capture this data and to down by race component um, as well. So interesting stuff to come. Uh, the last uh, data point is, okay, so success between IUI versus IVF. So if you're under 35, um, IUI versus IVF, uh, you have a 15% chance of getting pregnant um, per IUI cycle, which is a 54% chance per IVF cycle. Be for the age group 35 to 37, um, IUI, you have a 10% chance per cycle. For IVF, you have a 40% chance of success, which equals a live birth. Mm -hmm. For 38 to 40, for IUI, you have an 8% chance versus a 28% chance with IVF. And then if you're over 40, you have a 5% chance with an IVF versus a 9% chance with IVF using own eggs. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting is like, you know, you see a lot of people ask on the social media forums, like how many people over the age of 40 got pregnant in their IUI for the first time? That unicorn. And I'm just like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Right. Or, because, yeah. Or, you know, women who are just like, oh, I really hope this works on my first try. And it's just like, so let's dispel this myth really quickly. Like mm -hmm. I hate, I hate to, to pop a bubble. Um, it is rare to get pregnant on your first try um, if you are like, you know, 35 mm -hmm. and over, right? It's, I mean, it's a journey. I think people really have to like prepare for the roller coaster of emotions mm -hmm. of being like, you know, you're literally, and like, you're in this wait period of two weeks where you're just like, am I pregnant? I can't drink. And I'm like looking at the, you know, looking at the clock every day, peeing on like 20 sticks because that like two you know, week wait. That yeah. Two week like, wait. And I was one of those people who went out and got like 50 pregnancy tests. Like, Absolutely. I, was like I was like, there's a, there's a line here. Like I have a picture for my older daughter of like this really pale line. And I was like, I was like texting my sister the picture and she's like, Hera, there's no line there. And I'm like, no, I see it. I know it's there. <laughs> yes. I, I don't, I don't care what people say. You do what you do to get through that two week wait. And for me, it was buying pregnancy tests and yep, I would pee on a stick multiple times a day just to, I would pee out my anxiety. Yes, I did. And that's the problem though, because you're sitting there and you're just like going crazy for two weeks and then okay. the period arrives. And then you're just like, then you go crazy down. for another two weeks during the period. Right. And you just like, and then like, you know, if you're doing the medication, you're like shooting yourself up on these hormones. Right. And you're just like crazy for two weeks. <laughs> Gotta be in it to win it. Hardcore. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's wrap up the data section. So let's talk um, costs. So we talked about the cost of the procedures, um, IUI, two th uh, 
averaging out to be $2,000. Um, average cost of IVF is between 11 and 15,000. And this is, you know, if you're lucky to have insurance, that's great. I did not, Hera did. I paid out of pocket. Um, and so I, you know, that was my price. I looked for a package. Medication can tend to run you between 2,000 and 14,000 per cycle. If you're doing um, a medicated IVF cycle, I think it's less if you're doing um, a medicated IUI. Um, and then sperm can yeah. cost between, let's say roughly between five and 900 per vial. When I was trying, I believe it's gone up to maybe 1100 per vial at some of the pricier banks. So there's also, interestingly, there's also like certain sperm that's in high demand that they mm -hmm. will up price. So I will say like, so I specifically looked for a donor who's not white mm -hmm. and, uh, it was more expensive, which is kind of crazy considering, <laughs> you know, it was like, I think they called it like premium or something uh -huh. uh, because he was in high demand because there aren't very many black donors. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, well, that's definitely for something we'll have to address like at another, on another episode, like the lack of black donors, but definitely the fact that they can upcharge on top of that is, is pretty hideous. What I found interesting um, also was, you know, okay, so you can get an, an anonymous donor or you can open ID donor. And for, from what I saw, open ID was more expensive. Um, and then education background became more expensive um, mm -hmm. the further you went up in education. So bachelor's, master's, PhD, um, it got more expensive the more um, educated the donor was, which I found. All right, so sperm is expensive. Uh, I and IUI procedures are expensive. So um, my question would be um, to anybody who is currently um, an SMC: is to what extent did cost factor into um, your decision of conception path, um, sperm, or any of this? Mm -hmm. What role did it play? I mean, for me, I was. I was in a much different financial situation when I had my older daughter. Like I was living in a one bedroom condo uh, that was like maybe a fraction of the cost of the house that I'm in, the, in right now. My salary was maybe like a third of what I'm making now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't have insurance to pay for any of it really. And I remember feeling a little bit discriminated against because my doctor was basically like, well, if you had a partner, you could just say that you've been trying and it had been working and your insurance company would pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, this is really kind of ridiculous. Um, and so I was all out of pocket for everything my first time, which definitely factored into it because I wouldn't have been able to drop, you know, 11 to $15,000 on mm -hmm. one try. I mean, I would have, I guess like if that had been my only option, I suppose I could have just saved up. Right. Um, but I was very fortunate that I was younger because I had a higher chance of success. And I was also very fortunate it worked on the first time because right. I would have probably had to wait, you know, several months to save up again. And I think it would have been, I think that alone would have been a huge letdown emotionally. 
mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, I mean, it literally feels like playing the lottery, right? You're like playing the lottery every month and you're showing out all this money and, you know, you don't get that money back if it doesn't work, you know, like the doctor's just like, well, science, right? Like, yeah, uh, you pretty much sign papers to say there's no guarantee. And so like I've heard, you know, I've heard several women that are just like, oh, you know, the doctor did this wrong and that. And it's like, I think what you just need to realize is that like it happens, right? Like you, you, the doctor can do everything right. And it just doesn't work. Right. Right. And that's part of the gamble that you take. So um, yeah, I mean, financially definitely factored into it. And the second time, also, right. Because I had a company that was going to pay and they only paid to a certain point. So I had to really consider like, you know, I need to use this money. Uh, you know, if I had just done IUI and it worked on the first time, then awesome. I mean, Amazon wouldn't have given me the the, the extra money. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to give myself the best chance possible. And I was lucky that I had a really great doctor who knew the Amazon benefits really well and was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, you can make the most out of these benefits by giving yourself the best shot. So I think, cool. yeah, for sure, financial played into it. Well, I will say fi- finances did play into it for me. So I paid out of pocket um, for maybe 80% um, because my insurance did cover diagnost- anything that fell under diagnostics and then any medications that had kind of like a third or alternative um, where um, fertility meds was its alternative um, use and not its primary use. So some of the um, some of the the meds are used for other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say my first time I I can see using IUI on my second try. So um, it was not the financial hit that it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I purchased one vial of sperm. Um, and so we were good, easy peasy. Um, second time around, I had exhausted everything. Now I will say it, it had, I had been, I had always been fairly frugal and always saved for a rainy day. And I worked um, kind of like a second kind of part-time job and saved up that money. So I had money reserves to pull from, but I had no idea um, the extent of the reserves. And I remember crying to myself when the first IUI didn't work, like, what if the second one doesn't work? I can't afford IVF. When apparently I could afford IVF three times. Um, so like I said it was a year from my daughter my daughter was one when I started um, uh, trying for the second and so Mm -hmm. I didn't have my insurance didn't cover anything so I had to be real creative about how I went about um, finding um, funds to to finance my second try and so I used a combination of um, savings 401k loan um, low interest credit cards um, and so I just did the best that I could Um, and and you mamas out there who are considering it you know know that you have options open to you Um, people will tell you oh I wasn't going to do it if I had to tap into my retirement I wouldn't have done it if I had to do this and really um, people will say having children Children is a gamble. Like you, you're not going to get a real return on investment if you're looking for monetary. So there's not always a rhyme or reason. But I will say you really want to think about tapping into those alternative resources and exhausting your savings because once baby is here, you only get more 
bills and more expenses on top of that because childcare doesn't stop. You still need to work, right? Groceries will yep. double. Babies need clothes. They need gear. They need all of this stuff. So you have to make sure whatever financial moves you're making in order to have this baby that you can also pay for everything that comes with that baby afterwards. And I I don't have a windfall inheritance. That was never coming my way. That wasn't factoring in. And so when I looked at, you know, 401k loans and, you know, additional consumer credit card debt, I had to be able to be sure that I could pay childcare those other debts albeit those debts were short term, I would have probably gotten merit increases in between, but I needed to make sure that I was able to sustain the finances of my household while pursuing SNC Hood. So for me, as I got further into the three years, I really had to have heart to heart conversations with myself. And we'll talk about that. We will have a specifically about financing trying to so I also will say like you get what you pay for right like I know there's a lot of and then and then also like you you either pay now or you pay later like I know there's a lot of women that are just like oh well I can just go to the bar right it's free Mm -hmm. it's not free nothing is free right (laughs) and so yes you can get a known donor and like sometimes if you do it right and you go through an attorney and you also pay, right? Because there is a cost associated with like getting the paperwork so that you can make sure that that person's not going to be able to establish paternity. Um, you know, and if you don't do that, then you stand a chance of paying later. And let me tell you, a custody roar can be like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, paying, uh, you know, a thousand dollars for a vial of sperm or what have you is money well cheaper than the drama or the potential attorney fees in trying to sort out, you know, uh, baby daddy drama. So, wow, this was wow. great. I, I feel yeah. like, uh, you know, I think one of the, the best things you can do is really arm yourself with data like early on and, and have, and have all the options out there so you can make the best decision possible. Yep. Well, mamas, this has been another great and insightful um, conversation. So in this era where um, we're actually going through a new racial awakening, you know, I hope that in the near future, we'll start to see some data and some stats that are broken down by race. Um, so when we talk about, you know, finances, you know, where, where, where are the companies that are covering fertility? Because we do know most black and brown women live on the coast on the coasts. And so how are we doing on the coast in terms of, you know, covering fertility um, and those other procedures? Um, so hopefully we start to make this um, proactive investment in improving, you know, IVF, IVF success rates for, for Black women. Um, we start investing in growing the pool of Black um, reproductive endocrinologists. We didn't even talk really about, you know, how white the, the professionals are that we're encountering um, in these spaces as well. But we will talk about that. We'll touch on that when we get to um, the medical side and advocacy side of um, being a MOCA SMC. Um, and working, you know, hopefully we start to see trends where we can work with doctors who look like us. Um, it, You know, there's a change in um, um, how we're treated in our success rates in traditional other types fields of medicine, um, hoping that we see similar success rates if we start working with um, doctors in um, fertility specialties that look like us. So um, 
they tend to hear our concerns differently. Um, but this has been another great episode of the MOCA SMCs. And we look forward to talking to you again. All right. See you next time, everyone. Bye now.